Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Proverbs 13 through 15. Rabbit Trails Do y'all remember when I challenged you to write out the Ten Commandments back in Exodus? I notice the same thing each year we do that. Most folks do not write out the Ten Commandments as God spoke them. They write them out as the world has taught them. Even looking at the exact scripture, at the direct passages, we automatically reduce, condense, and shorten his words to a series of one-liners. And you know, I completely get this, because believers have been taught the world's version of the Ten Commandments. Simplified, easier to remember, with the glaring absence of emphasis and details that Yahweh felt were important enough to include. The world's version of the Ten Commandments is not what we find in the Bible. But most of us, whether currently or in the past, have had times in our life where we didn't even notice the difference. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not condemning anyone, as I've done this exact same thing. In many cases, it's what we've been taught our whole lives. In fact, just a couple of years ago, I decided to write the Ten Commandments on a doorframe in my house. Since there are ten, I decided that I would write five on one side and five on the other, and they would be perfectly balanced. Boy, was I thrown to find that a single commandment took up more room than most of the others combined. It was a shocking awakening for me, and I sat there reading those commandments in awe at how much I had missed that was plainly before me all of my life. We have been conditioned to only see what we are told is there. I am challenging myself today, and I want to challenge you as well, to ask for the Father's help in seeing His Word. I want to give you an example that may feel a bit extreme, but I assure you, it perfectly demonstrates our takeaway under the world's tutelage. We have to realize that we've been conditioned to only see what we are told is there. And this filter is so ingrained within us that someone can give us a paragraph like this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. That's Jeremiah 6, 16. And if someone were to ask us to write that down, we might write the single sentence below with complete confidence that we've written the entire paragraph. Look for the paths. Father, as we seek you, Help us to realize when our vision is so blurred that we don't see you standing directly before us. For further food to digest along with this, check out Deuteronomy 12.32 and Deuteronomy 4.2. Moving on. Pay attention to how many times throughout our readings and the whole Bible when we are cautioned, instructed, and urged to control our tongue and choose our words wisely. We will see more of that today. Proverbs 13.2 reads, From the fruit of his mouth a man eats what is good. This is an interesting analogy, and I really enjoy turning it over in my mind. When we speak, we are bringing forth fruit. If that fruit is born from Yahweh's wisdom, it will be sweet and honoring. 
If it is rotted, it will leave a bad taste to us and all those we serve it to. Proverbs 13.3 reiterates the importance of our words. Note that we ingest the fruit of our own words first and foremost. I do what I call daily fruit checks on my actions, my thoughts, and my life to make sure I'm lining up with the word. If done daily, the inevitably needed course corrections are much less painful. At this point in my notes, I went off on a significant tangent and it ended up being far too important of a topic for me to include it as a mere mention in my notes. So I'm going to save that for a featured post on its own. Here are a few quick bullet points from the remainder of my notes. Proverbs 14.2, whoever walks in the uprightness fears Yahweh. Notice this doesn't say whoever walks in uprightness commands Yahweh. And yet, how many believers go about their day and spend their time of worship ordering him around as if he was their servant and not the other way around? Proverbs 14.6 says, A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Yep, go to the book, the whole book. Open it up in the beginning and read. Pretty easy, but historically, one of the most neglected ways to gain understanding and wisdom. Proverbs 14.2 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I can attest to this, having sought both my own path and now the Father's. Proverbs 14.14 The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. Fruit check. You can't be a follower of Yahweh without walking in Yahweh's ways. Messiah agrees. See Matthew 7, verses 17 through 18. Hint, Messiah always agrees with Yahweh. I know this seems obvious, but as we go forward in our readings and studying of His Word, you will be surprised at the subtle ways that the world has taught people to believe differently. Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs has a lot of verses in this same line of thinking, and it's so needed in our culture today. I want to encourage you, when folks are acting as antagonizers, attacking your beliefs, or challenging your judgment on something, etc., make it your goal not to be offended. Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. Instead, be patient with them. Sometimes, when we're walking out Yahweh's path differently from someone else, others will see us doing that and feel a conviction. Sometimes, when we are following what Yahweh's Word clearly instructs us to do, and another person has chosen not to, they may even get angry and feel compelled to convince us that we are wrong so that they can feel right. In these moments, we need to remind ourselves that we are not seeking to be right. We are seeking what is right. And He is the source of right. Each of us are works in progress. Times like this are when my friend Donna will say, you've disturbed their demons. And that helps us to realize that there are often battles within those around us that have nothing to do with us. I want to encourage you not to be offended. Remain gentle kind, and loving. Don't engage. Don't fight back. Just let it go. Eventually, they will grow tired of arguing with themselves, and if you've maintained your grace and kindness, 
When they begin seeking the truth, they will remember you as a safe place. And in that act of obedience on your part today, you could help build the bridge the prodigal son crosses on his way back home tomorrow. Isaiah 58, 11-12 reads, And Yahweh will guide you continually, and satisfy your desire in scorched places, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.